to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we have Aubrey Tate here. Aubrey is a storyteller, a writer, and um, a close friend over the past few months or this year. And we are here today to talk about social media and the benefits and the detriments and just how complicated it can be as a resource, as um, a medium, um, specifically looking at it how it can serve creatives, but also looking at it as how it serves us as humans. So hi, Aubrey. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to even just talk to you and especially <laughs> to talk on such an important topic that I'm excited about. Yeah, we're really excited to get into this. Um, I think I'll just start off by kind of like describing how I view social media and how it served me. Obviously, it's always a really complicated relationship. I know James has a really different perspective on social media than me. And I know that Aubrey has a different perspective as well. So we're going to get a lot of different people's opinions here, um, which I think is great because it is going to look different for everybody. Um, but obviously, for me, social media has been uh, a way in which I have been able to share my thoughts, share my art and grow a business as an artist. And so for me, I've always put a huge amount of value in it in that perspective. Um, I've always seen it as such an amazing step to uh, deviate from gatekeeping um, and to have our own voices as creatives, um, yeah, without feeling like we have to stay small in the face of publishers or producers or any of that kind of gatekeeping strata. So that's where I'm coming from today. James. Um, well, at the same time, obviously, it's not all rosy for you, I feel like. No. There's a huge amount of stress that can come along with that. And with having social media as the one, really the core of your business means that you're beholden to forces really outside of your control in many ways. Maybe not in the same way as a gatekeeper would be, but certainly, you know, you have these big corporations that are in many ways unaccountable and faceless that you are trying to, to deal with and to um, get behind and, and utilize and, and really they've got a lot of the power in, in the uh, equation. Um, my perspective on social media is um, I don't feel like I would ever have the ability to do what you've done in social media and I really see social media as um, something that's kind of big and scary and um, I don't love to post to Instagram. I don't love to, I kind of lurk a bit. I don't really use Facebook or Twitter or um I guess I use Reddit sometimes, but like, I really have always felt like it's a little bit icky. And throughout my life, I've taken several long sabbaticals from all social media, which really annoys me because like there are a couple of groups I'm on on Facebook and I'm like, can you just check the touch football Sunday touch football group to tell me what time they're playing today? <laughs> it's like, this is, we wouldn't be in this mess if you just had Facebook. But I, I kind of, my perspective is that for a long time, I've kind of, you're like, oh, I wish I was just reading a book right now if I found myself on Instagram for 20 minutes. Or, um, and, and for me as an artist, I, I think, yes, it's, it's really, I find, do find it really nice to engage with other creatives on social media and to, like, I really value being able to DM people and to kind of chat to people about the creative uh, life and creative community. But I, um, even though I acknowledge that it has been really important for you, Amy, to build your business, I think for someone like me, I just don't trust it enough. I don't like... I don't want to put the time in. Yeah. I've always just found it a bit scary. Yeah. And Aubrey, obviously you've recently quit social media. So I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this. So this has been a long journey that I only recently realized has been about six years since I first quit Facebook and have been looking into. And it's been like what James was saying about these kind of little spidey senses that happen that I'm, this is not sitting well with me and I kind of brushed them under. Um, and so I, the last one that I had was Instagram and 
I used it quite differently this time as a way, like you said, Amy, to express myself, to try and connect with other artists. And in a lot of ways, it felt like it served that. And it wasn't until I got off that I found that it, for me, it, 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 was, it was causing more harm than good. And I guess I have a couple questions for you guys is with, with Amy, what I wonder is, do you feel that the business that you've created, you couldn't do without social media? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I was actually listening upon your recommendation to, is his name Cal, the author of Deep Focus? Cal, what was his last name? Cal, New Cal Newport, yeah. Yeah, Cal Newport and the, um, the podcast about him talking about how to promote your books without social media. Um, and I really, I respect his view on it. Um, and he was like, you know, you've got to write the good book. You know, you have to write really good books. And I see that. And I think that so for a lot of us, social media is sucking up time where we could be investing in our art. And that's really important to look at. But at the same time, I know so many incredible creators who write really fucking good books, but they're just not getting seen because they don't have the avenues to have their voices heard. And they're going through gatekeepers, their books are on the slush piles and they're, you know, phenomenal books. Uh, that deserve to be read and would connect. And it's nothing about the quality of their books that means that people aren't accessing it. Uh, and that was me, you know, so many of my books were uh, still on slush piles of publishers' um, desks. And it was only through being able to articulate myself on social media, uh, putting a lot of effort and time into social media where I was finally able to be seen, have my voice heard, and then I was able to give my books out through that medium without having... Uh, the publishers gatekeeping me. And so yeah, I just worry that like, yeah, we have to put effort and time into creating really good books. But at some point, if we're choosing to rely on, you know, those publishing industries and we're not choosing to use the social medias that we have, I worry that it's not enough and that we need other avenues to be seen. James, do you have something to say? No, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's been a huge focus of us for the last year, uh, probably two years, but specifically, particularly in the last year to grow the mailing list and to grow the podcast. Like mm -hmm. we've been, we've been very aware that you can't have just Instagram as your business. Like that is just as scary. I mean, that, that is just as bad as having just gatekeepers. Like I agree. it's, we've been pushing super hard to get off just Instagram. And so that we're not relying on Instagram because it's very problematic. It's very problematic. Yeah. And our dream, our ideal is to move the business away from Instagram as much as possible. Yeah. But I still want to honor that and respect the fact that it gave me a chance to be seen. For sure. Mm. I guess where I feel is I, I think that there are still, I a hundred percent agree with the gatekeeping and, mm. and there need to be more avenues to, to express ourselves without being beholden to these people who, you know, maybe at that time it's not what they wanted or, um, whatever the case may be, but having the other things that I've been exploring beyond just the research and people like Cal Newport and um, Jaron Lanier and Tristan Harris, the uh, uh, Google whistleblower, are other artists. I've been watching videos of other artists who have gotten off, who are musicians, writers, visual artists who have found those avenues that aren't on social media. Because like James says, to a degree, you are beholden to this quote algorithm, you are beholden to any changes that they make and just to a structure, like in the case of Instagram, where it is a photo led platform, which, you know, limitations can be great for creativity and also um, uh, prevent us from some of the, the avenues that we want to explore. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the question that I have for, for James is you have taken these sabbaticals and I've, it sounds like have gotten a lot from them. What is it that brings you back to it? 
I mean, it's sort of almost like I, I, my dream is that I want to be at a point where I can, I can just spend 30 minutes a day on, on apps. And, um, I mean, I'm also pretty selective with who I follow. I think like, I, I don't like to follow people who I, who, I don't like that. I don't hate follow anyone, for example, or like, um, I, I don't really feel like I, I don't know how effective this is, but when I've come back, I've, I, I feel like, oh yeah, I'm going to come back with a better attitude, but do you know what? It doesn't always materialize. And I think when I do come back, I often, it's often a matter of when I first come back, I can have a slightly healthy relationship with it, but then it just gets a bit more of a, of a time sink the longer I'm on. And then I kind of go back to a reset and I, and I go off it again. So it kind of has been a little bit of a cycle for me. And I, th I think part of that is, is inherent. It's, it's how the system is built. And we sort of blame ourselves that we can't kind of quote manage it when, when there's so much to manage. It's, you know, it's a, it's a behavioral modification in the way that they're creating these systems because they've learned how we work and we're literally just reacting in the way that they expect. And um, the other issue as an artist that, that worries me that Cal Newport talks about is the focus, is that deep focus. And he was explaining some studies that have been done with um, mice or rats where they're exposing them to screen time. And it is not only um, reducing their ability to focus, it's doing it permanently. And they're seeing that with people now. And that concerns me as a human and as an artist because we need that focus for quality work. Yeah. 100%. Mm. I, I mean, as much as I just was like, I, you know, I'm indebted and I'm so grateful for having another avenue in which to be seen. I also see great detriments to my life because of it. And just like James says, you know, we all, and so many of us, you know, we want to have better control over it. We want to have, we want to have control over our consumption. Right. And so, so few of us do, which is why so many of us go cold Turkey and well, not so many of us, but a lot of us choose to quit because keeping boundaries on it is so hard because the system is rigged against us. Um, and I'm like that all the time. I know I have an addiction problem to it because I have to be on it for work and therefore my boundaries are not strong and I'm on it anyway. So then I get sucked into things and I feel my attention span has definitely shortened since being on social media and I feel those effects and they are really, really scary. Um, I'd be really interested to hear what that process was for you when you tipped over from being like, you know, this is something I want to do that this is enough and I need to leave. You mean the process afterwards or just deciding to do it? Just deciding. How did that come? Like, how did that um, happen? I, like quickly and uh, uh, over six years, like it felt yeah. really quickly because, because finally I feel like we have back six years ago, I didn't really have the access to some of this research. And now that I've read it, it's, it's almost reaffirmed how I've felt that it wasn't just me that was the problem that was behaving in these ways that I wasn't the exception um, and everybody else could manage it. Um, that it's, it, it is, it is everybody um, that's a problem that it's, that it's affecting in society, you know, in these bigger issues um, that it affects. But as, as far as making that decision, it was, it, was, it was actually kind of easy for me because what I realized was I needed to assess what my own personal philosophy is and what I value. And is it meeting those values? And is it serving me? And, you know, because to me, there is no debate here on if there is any value from it or I wouldn't have ever been on it. It is, can that value be found elsewhere? And how much is it actually adding to our lives? And that's what I have found getting off is that it can be found elsewhere and in, in more purposeful, intentional ways that have served me at least. Do you think that, that there is a way to help to make healthy use of social media or do you think it's like any use is damaging? 
I think, okay, this might be controversial, but I think in the, in the current iteration of how social media is set up, because it is based on a model of um, profiting off of our attention, if that somehow changed, and some of these, um, some of these experts like Tristan Harris and, and Darren Lanier have suggested things like, you know, charging for it, where it's now serving the person and not the marketer. Um, I think in that, if, if those changes happen, maybe it, it would be a more doable thing. But I, I think I just see so many people who have tried this, uh, these breaks, and it's just come back to the same thing. It's not a thing that they can manage. So I personally don't think so. I think it's a thing that at this point we have to um, take a stand one way or the other and some control and autonomy of our life. Um, I think some of these, you know, in um, digital minimalism, if there are people out there that are, hey, I'm not re really ready to just cold turkey this thing. It's a really great book to to discuss why we need to, I mean, A, educate ourselves because there was a lot more to it than I realized. I thought this was a manageable, this is not, this is not a big deal. Okay, it's a little comparison or whatever. That um, There's a lot more layers and nuance to it than, than I realized and I'm still digging and the importance of just completely stepping away. Like we, taking that 30 days and as, um, as Cal Newport talks about, filling it with purpose so that once you come to the end of it, you can make that decision of, you know, are these other things serving me more or was there still some residual value from social media? And have you found since you've been off that your um, focus has increased and that you've had more time for other things and like what have been the positives that you've already noticed? Oh God, um, a lot. Let, I mean, it, I think the uh, the timing of this and what's currently going on in, in our country is, is uh, you know, feeds into this and also feeds into some anxiety that I'm feeling. So dismissing that and this past um, few weeks, it's been, I kind of, I kind of related it to the matrix and I found other people have related it to that where you, you realize you were kind of plugged into something and you couldn't be fully aware of it until you got out. And all of a sudden I felt like a human being again, a human being with autonomy. I realized, and I've been talking to other artists who have left who are like, whoa, I just realized I didn't want to pursue these sorts of, you know, avenues with my art. I want to do this. They didn't realize they were being sort of persuaded in a way from what they saw. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I have to be really careful. And I notice and I journal about how social media directs uh, what I create. Because um, I think uh, it's an avenue, right, to connect. And just like a publishing house, you know, requires certain things from you. So if you if I had a book published with a publishing house, and it did well, they would want more of the same thing. In the same way, social media dictates that of me, I see and, you know, very clearly, I get feedback from work that I put out there. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting all this, you know, endorphins, hormones, because I'm getting, you know, responses, likes, comments, interaction from a certain type of art that I've given out. And then I only do that. And I'm searching for that external validation. It's an external validation addiction, essentially. And yeah, and it's bullshit because and then we've talked about it on the podcast before you, the more your Instagram grows, the higher the number you need to feel satisfaction to the point where even if you had 10 million followers, like the, the, you know, the goals would just shift again and it would be just as hard for you to find that satisfaction, even though, you know, net interaction would be up so much. Yeah. Our joke is, you know, every time I hit a new thing, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, when I get to 50,000 followers, then I'll finally be happy. Mm. And it's a joke, but it's real. And our, our brains are programmed, you know, to be like that. And we move our goalposts and, and social media is a really easy way to, to get sucked into that moving of goalposts and that uh, external validation addiction. 
Yeah, and you, and you hit on you hit on connection, which was another thing that was explored by um, I think her name is Sherry T Turkle, uh, who's been studying the the uh, relationship between technology and and how we talk to each other, and that was really interesting because firstly, what I realized was what I thought was connection, which was really authentic and genuine, and and, and everybody I talked to, I felt meant it, um, but it it kind of stopped at that point for so many people because I feel like social media offers that opportunity to connect in that we can reach each other but not have that deeper nuanced conversation that she talks about that we miss without those inflections and, and being able to see people. Mm. Sorry, um, I was just gonna say, it's interesting, my most positive interactions have with um, my other, other creators are still, have always still been in person. Like even though I feel like there are people online who I would connect with more if I were to meet them in person. And often the people I do meet in person, I'm like, we aren't, we aren't really natural friends but just that in-person interaction is like, we've got, um, you know, that's why I love to go to writing courses. That's why I love our book club. Like those are the places where I feel like, even though people don't really get me, that I feel the most energized by the connection. Mm. And you just, you just can't replicate it hundred percent on social media or even 50%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing that I noticed um, being off is like, being more of an observer of the world as well. I mean, noticing little things like the changing of the color of the leaves that you think you notice and, and until you really do and how people, you know, behave and move and the things that artists used to do pre-social media and how they got inspiration. Cause that was the one thing that I was worried. Will I lose that? You know, like I had some really great outlets of, of getting inspiration from other people. And I realized, no, no, we, we did this before this, you know, like we got inspiration from just living, from being in the natural world, from talking to people, from observing people, from going to museums and, and, and consuming art in other ways, books, movies, all of that, which is slightly more challenging now, but it's still available to us. Yeah, just as a side note, I mean, Amy and I still find that our uh, most inspiring two hours of our week is when we walk around the lake near our house. Mm. Like that's the best that's the best and you can't you can't replace that with anything online no i agree i've never found a huge amount of inspiration online i've found connection as we spoke about but i've never found my books don't come from maybe they do i mean a lot of my non-fic comes from connection online and understanding and seeing other creatives struggle but certainly my fiction has never come from a i mean place all of online. your fictions come from me out yeah on a, on a walk yeah definitely all your ideas that i remember I'm interested to ask Aubrey how you are connecting with other artists now and how you intend to be a creative off of social media and what routes you're taking to connect. Okay, so firstly, I'm still sorting it out. It's only been a couple of weeks, but mm. as of this moment, I mean, um, and, and what I define as social media is, is kind of the main, I do not include at, the, at this point YouTube, which some of these experts do because it does have some of the facets of, you know, algorithmic um, manipulation and, and all of that. Um, but that is an avenue that I plan on pursuing that I feel is still is, is uh, a place that um, uh, a lot of these artists are, are still on that are talking about why it's, it's, it's kind of still fun. There's the, it hasn't lost that. It hasn't become this competitive place. So that would be one outlet. Um, but currently I, I created a, a discord that I, it's a, it's a, a, a platform that is really just mostly text-based and, and it's there for conversation. Um, and I've taken that and, and moved with some of those artists and had some kind of voice conversations over email and have been connecting that way. And now we're gonna start moving into visual, you know, video conversations that I'm excited about. 
Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned Discord as well, because we've been talking about Discord lately too, um, for the last couple of months. And because I've used it before with writing groups and uh, and really liked it and I'm using it now uh, a bit with NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo um, with my, yeah, uh, I've joined the Sydney Discord for it. Um, and it does seem like an interesting platform, right? Because it's just, there's no algorithm, like it's just pure mm. conversation, right? Like. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't see how many followers someone has. You're 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 attracted to the actual conversation. That, and and I mean, let me add, there would be so many more opportunities now if we were not in the situation with you know coronavirus um, to connect with people in person. So hopefully, at some point, we have that. But I think as creatives, we can get creative in those ways to to reach other people. Mm. I want to kind of call myself out here because I came into this conversation feeling like this kind of movement was very um anti the connection economy so anti what seth godin talks about a lot like this idea that we can connect via all these different ways and i i was thinking about this a lot i was thinking like if we pull away from social media we're really ignoring the fact that we as artists have this opportunity to connect but i think that approach is wrong and just having this conversation it isn't right like there are so many different ways that can avoid you know like discord like you know even like youtube like podcasting mm -hmm. uh and even just you know a website platforms they're, they're all connection economies they're all always sharing art you know on the internet um without needing those gatekeeping permission and you know that's not necessarily we don't have to be on instagram we don't have to be on twitter we don't have to be on facebook to to utilize that i mean i feel like before social media blogs were a big thing right like people used to have blogs mm. and yeah yeah and that's cool yeah, Aubrey. Yeah, I, I was going to hit on that because Amy was talking about a website it is what I noticed getting off is how many people are really dependent on it because before I got off, I was like, okay, I want ways to, to keep contact with their art and, and they've, they've created it where that is that is the only place that they are sharing their art and i just i would that was the other thing that i would encourage artists to do is create a space of your own that you have autonomy over and can do what you want with yeah and, me can, too. and, can, and can create ways to connect with people on those places as well yeah i completely agree and as i i like think this is a hugely important thing that what we do as artists and like as james was saying like we've focused so much on building that mailing list and we're redoing the website creating places of our own on the internet where it isn't you know controlled by something i mean like instagram is unfucking believable with how you're completely helpless you know like there is no structure to reach out to if you have issues people leave their whole livelihoods on instagram every single thing comes from their instagram and if something goes wrong they have no one to reach out to there is no instagram help number you cannot get support from instagram like it feels so immoral to me whenever i come across any kind of issue glitches you know people get their fucking instagrams deleted and they have nowhere to go they, there's no instagram mm -hmm. helpline mm -hmm. it's so fucking mm -hmm. unbelievable it's so fucked mm -hmm. yeah it's another it's another gatekeeper to, to it is yeah so we can at least create another outlet for ourselves uh, i i would encourage that the most yeah and that's i mean the website has been has been a huge focus for us lately like just getting a home for Amy's yeah. art. Like just, yeah. Somewhere people um, know they can come into her space and bam. Yeah. The, the other thing that I noticed that, so I was, you know, in, in the more, more so the writing community, I mean the artist community, but the writing community probably specifically. And so this may not be the case with, with other communities, but what I noticed 
including myself, that the focus ended up being a lot more on the marketing, on, on, on building a platform, on building something, and not on actually creating the art. Like we kind of, put, I, I'm noticing a lot of the cart before the, the horse before the cart, however that goes, um, versus, you know, focusing, again, coming back to that creating quality art, um, make, as Neil Gaiman would say, making good art. I mean, Amy and I talk about this all the time. Like we, we say, uh, you know, that hour you've spent on Twitter complaining about the fact that you haven't been doing your art. It's like, that's an hour you could have just been making art. Like, yeah. I mean, writers are particularly bad. The writing community is very bad in this. Like the, if you look at Twitter and you look at Instagram, like the amount of memes and content and bitching and moaning and they love, it really feeds into the stereotype of the blocked artists, the writer's block, the Hemingway. And they spend so much fucking time yeah, yeah, bitching you know. and complaining on the internet. And that shit is like, you know, all that very shareable, laughable content, you know, but fucking hell, like, come on, let's go. That's not art. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's forgetting it's 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 almost got us in the position of trying to to draw more attention, which, which is what the platforms are doing versus providing value out to people. You know, I don't know how many stories I would go through that were just like another, you know, reshare, reshare, reshare. And I'm like, what am I, what, what are you sharing about yes. this? Tell me, you know, I want to know. Otherwise, this is my time that you're using. And it's not just the time that that is not going to our art, but the things that can serve our art, which is something that um Cal Newport talks about with solitude, how we're not really having a lot of time. And you talked about it with the walks where we're literal solitude, where we don't have that interaction from something else, like a podcast or something, but we're spending time just with our thoughts. How he's talks about how we have erased boredom from our lives and how important that is. Mm, I'm terrified of silence. And I know that this is a big issue for me. Like I will have any sound on in a room when I enter it. And this is just, I think from lack of exposure to silence and James is much better at than me. In fact, in this realm, we're really looking at like, I'm a big social media user. I use a lot of media to entertain myself and or self soothe. James is much stricter with his boundaries but i love that like we are so not used to boredom we're so not used to silence and you know i resisted meditation massively because just the idea of you know you know of being alone and i have a good control over my inner critic like my journaling's really helped my internal voice and when i'm alone i don't have you know particularly negative thought patterns anymore uh so it's not even like i'm afraid of my own self it is literally i think it is a reaction to silence and i'm so unused to it that I just resisted at every turn. Mm -hmm. Scary as fuck. Yeah. And, and we haven't even hit on some of the, the issues relating to, you know, just being a human, like some of the mental health issues, mm. the comparison that we feel that I, I personally didn't even think I was experiencing until I got off of it, that I felt so much freedom to just be myself that I've, I, you know, it sounds really selfish, but to focus on me and my art and kind of not have that yeah. influence and to reach for it when I do want it. You know. Yeah, that's so important. I would love to hear any more that you've learned and discovered for yourself or through other people uh, about comparison in social media. Like, what what did that look like for you and and the freedom that you now feel from that? Hmm. I mean, it came it came in the form of it's really really hard to ignore those numbers. I I don't care. Mm. You know, the, the the level of management that you think you have and I th thought I had, I couldn't I couldn't not see that. And I've talked to some artists who, um, you know can't divorce that and, and, and view people on, on this sort of pedestal that nobody should ever belong in because we can't see 
the human in them. We can't see that they are imperfect, that they are messy. And we see, even myself, I was trying to be as authentic as I possibly could and provide real value was still this sort of like, as somebody I, I was watching put this fantasy self that I wanted to be, it's still curated to a degree because it's only mm. what we share. Mm. And I found freedom in, in not doing that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, perhaps a slight deviation from the topic here, but um, again, so it's to bringing up the big daddy, Seth Godin. Uh, but he was talking about what vulner not vulnerability, authenticity, and how much he actually hates that word, um, and how we're all striving to be our most authentic selves online, you know. And he uh, uh, instead, I think he prefers the word generous, and he thinks, you know, especially online, like trying to show up authentically, it's just ridiculous. Like, I recognize, like, I try and be as myself, again, like you, Aubrey, I try and be as myself as I can on Instagram, on Inspired to Write, but I'm there, you know, I'm there as a creator, I'm there um, to try and connect with people with my art, like, uh, there's an intentional space that I'm in trying to do something and therefore that authenticity just can't be there in hundred percent. That's not really my fault. That's just kind of where I'm at. And so trying to replace that with generosity for me has been a good way to reframe it because I think as we all try and be our most authentic selves in trying to strive after that, it fucks with it anyway. And we are inauthentic because of that. Because mm -hmm. mm. we're, we're trying to be something. We're not just being you know, yeah. and part of it is that pressure and, and it to, to, to appear a certain way to, to match up to somebody else. It's, you know, and it, it's, it's existed prior to social media with the kind of keeping up with the Joneses, but it's so much more on display now than ever and, and accessible now than ever. Or even like, you know, thinking about Amy, how much you have to, you know, ideally you're, you know, you're a scrappy person. Like you, you'd like to take a photo of yourself, like in your jammies, like that, mm -hmm. would, but as a woman, people just come, come at you for that. Yeah. Like I can post a photo of my jammies. No one cares. Yeah. But there's just like this annoying standard where it's like, you know, mm. thinking about all the troll comments you get on your appearance, on your ads, on Facebook, like it's just, you just have to be so switched on because they're just assholes out there. Yeah. I mean, that's in the really negative light then. And I have had like a very good experience online. Like I'm very lucky. My community, the community that I have around me is really beautiful, but I do, you know, I'm, it, that's just what it means is to be online. And, and that is curated, obviously, like, because of experience, I know how I will get treated if I, you know, appear too sensual, too sexual, if too much of my skin is showing in, in, or even ridiculously on Facebook with my advertising on Facebook. If I smile, I'll get fucked for, for my teeth. Or if, you know, my nose ring gets commented on a lot. And yeah, I mean, it is a shit show, you know. <laughs> And it's the pressure if we've created this sort of, you know, you have a brand and a business, but even me, when I, I didn't, I wasn't profiting, I wasn't making any money off of it. I didn't have anything I was putting out there, but I was still putting out a message. And so I would try and kind of keep to that, whether it's how the photos looked or what I talked about. And there would be things that I did want to talk about that weren't sort of quote on brand, even though I wasn't, you know, a fan of the word brand, I still bought into it without realizing it. And it, uh, it, it affected what I would and wouldn't share. And totally as a person. That's probably something that stopped me from posting a lot on Instagram is that, you know, I want to talk about video games. I want to talk about uh, the random book I'm reading or the random fantasy book I'm reading or random nonfiction I'm reading. I want to talk about what I'm researching in my degree. Like, I don't just want to talk about writing books, but then I, I, I felt like if I was going to go on Instagram, that would be too scattered. Mm. 
Yeah, I've been talking to other artists who who have gotten off and and they're still feeling that a little bit, um, you know, with with their own website. And I'm just kind of reminding this is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. And, you know, what you do put out there is is the precedent that people are going to see and come to that. So if it's random, they're going to see that and if they can choose to, to stay or not. Yeah, it's interesting we talk about this. I often, and there's a lot of stories behind this train of thought that I probably, uh, that I will need to unpack. But I often look at celebrities who have already have their brand image, you know, there, and then they come on Instagram and then they just share whatever the fuck they want because they're celebrities. No one cares. We're just there to consume them as whole people. And I guess there's probably, it's more nuanced than that, but like they can share about whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't matter. They get the connection. People are pleased to see them there. Whereas I've always, you know, I'm there. I've, I've built my Instagram off of talking about creativity and artistry. Therefore, I feel I'm often pinned in to what I talk about because that's what people expect from me. Um, and that there's limitations there, definitely. I mean, obviously like the system works for the massive, massive accounts because they've gotten to a point like, doesn't matter. you know, it's like the classic, it, uh, it's a classic power law, you know, like it's, it's less than 1% of accounts do have a really good gig on Instagram, on mm. social media, like, and they probably don't even use it that much. It's probably their assistant posting or something like, or, you know, yeah. or managing it in mm-hmm. some way. And, and they probably don't have to deal with a lot of the downside of it, but it's like, that's not most of us. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Henry, Cavill, Henry Cavill, I always call him Henry Cavill. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Henry Cavill will post a picture, picture of him, like with his game PC and the, you know, the internet, loses its mind <laughs> if amy posted a photo of her with a game pc people would be like what they wouldn't care like right. just ignore it yeah you know yeah and i think that's the other thing that i've i've um i've noticed is and i was reading an article about this is kind of how it's made us become content creators and not artists um where and and especially in places like instagram it's really all social media where it's 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 content that's very fleeting it doesn't have a lot of life to it we don't really come back to visit it like i think about what you share a lot and so you you know maybe at that time your focus is procrastination and you have to kind of like come back and hit on it every day and i wonder what that feels like for you or in the in your books which to me personally have more effect on me you get Mm -hmm. to deep dive into that stuff how does that feel having to kind of show up and kind of provide those little bits you know, to me, I'm always, um, I think it, it does get tiring sometimes or it does, um, I know, I notice when I get close to burnout because I'm, you know, doing something again and again and again. Um, but I also have a very deep focus in this is in service to my art. And if I, if I don't have that understanding, like this is in service to my books, this is in service to my, to my artistry, um, then I would, you know, then I would just be a content creator. And I'm really careful with that. Like Instagram is there for me as an artist. It's there for me to connect. It's there for me to, you know, to, to meet other artists, to understand the creative community, but it's there to bring people into my art. Um, and I'm very honest with myself about that. And although I, I do love creating my content, I do love, you know, pulling quotes and putting them on the page. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, this is so fucking annoying. I have, I just want to, you know, I want more than the page that I write, you know, my notes on and I get frustrated about how short it is. Or if someone's like, can you speak about this? And I'm like, yeah, I've fucking spoken about this. And I just go down my feed and I'm like, look at all the work I've done, but no one goes or down like, that low. It has to be that. Someone instant. will be like, how do I journal? Like, I wrote a book about it. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> how do I start so, journaling? I'm like, <laughs> Wow. Yes. And also looking, I mean, from an outside observer to you, Amy, it's always been Instagram last in your creation. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. You'll always get your words done for the day before you would think of getting up, doing a post and to the point where Amy will often write a post in bed 
at like right before she falls asleep because she's forgotten to do it all day and she realizes she has to do it the next day. It's like, that is the last, that is the lowest priority on the rung. Even though it might seem like Amy's always creating content for Instagram, it's like literally her art is always well, well, well before Instagram. Yeah. And that's fiction mm-hmm. and nonfiction. Like she'll write both fiction and nonfiction every day and then last at the last possible second do an Instagram post basically. Mm. And that's not to say it doesn't consume me, but I do try and, and put it that in that order. Yeah. And I think that you are an exception to kind of the the norm in a lot of ways and in what we've kind of what we were talking about with the celebrities and um, these platforms that can be built are uh, a very, very small percentage. And that's the other thing that I've noticed, not that it's not possible for those people and that availability is completely accessible to all of us, uh, both on and off social media. But also, I mean, think uh, thinking about the time investment, I think you said you've been on it, this account somewhere around seven years, if I'm right. I mean, yeah. how much work that goes into that. And I've talked to some other artists who have kind of hit close to that mark. And when they go to put out those those books and the things that matter most to them, the support that they thought they had does not look the way that they that they thought, and that showing up isn't really there. That's really hard. And I've spoken to artists like that too. You know, they have you know beautiful communities on Instagram, then they put out their art and it doesn't get connected with, and people aren't buying it in the way that they thought that they perhaps would buy it. And I understand and see that that's really really difficult. Um, you know, and the percentages of like people who buy my book, you know compared to how many people see my work, you know, consume my work and see me, you know, it's small. Um, And I think that's just kind of the unfortunate side of sales really of getting people to cross that line. Um, And that can really wound people. And we have to be, I, I mean, I'm very pragmatic about it, I guess. And I try and I try and kind of compartmentalize it into more of a business thing. As soon as I, as I've put my art out, like it's business and, you know, I, now I have to market it and I have to connect what's, what's pushing, what's not getting them over the edge and not seeing it as a personal affront to me because we're complex mm-hmm. creatures and our sales patterns are funny. And, and I know, you know, con- I'm very aware of it now. I, you know, consume content of creators online and I was looking at one person today. I followed her for like five years. I love her. I've never bought a single one of her fucking products. And I was like, what's happening, Amy? What's, what's happening here? And, and, it's not to do with her and I'm not being a bitch it's just there's a disconnect there that we need to look at but I try not to take that personally and I think that's really important for creators not to take that personally but to start looking at it more creatively and how can we access people in a different way I have two things to say one is just as a side comment but then you look at Alexis who we've only been really interacting with for like a year and a half to two years and we've bought like five things of hers yeah like, it's just like it's so weird how random that is like why it is random we do that yeah um why do we connect with that in a certain way and the second thing is I've noticed, we've noticed a weird pattern with sales, um, which is that the number of products you have out directly correlates to your conversion rate amongst your followers. Like, so you can gain no more followers, but you've had an extra product released and then your conversion rate across the board will go up um, as a percentage of your followers, which I think is really weird as well. I'm not sure what the phenomenon is behind that, but it's obviously something significant. I think what that speaks to is like making sure you've got the, you're making stuff because that's going to be really important. Like you have to be giving, you have to be gen it's generosity again. Like we just keep showing up, keep creating, keep giving um, and being curious about what's going on. I think if you see, if you go on someone, if you go to someone's page, say, or if you go on their website and they've got one book, then you might be like, okay, interesting. But if they've got five, then you're like, oh, this person's a really committed artist. Mm. I think, again, this is just bringing it back to business. And I think artists can often take it really personally, especially when you've made really personal connections online. Um, And it feels like that's not translating into creating, you know, 
a business with your within your art but i've learned to take it much more impersonally and much more as business and it's helped me a lot and this isn't exclusive to social media i should point out you know mm. not seeing people show up for for your work yes. but what's what's different is is we uh, at least I've noticed and, and, and talking to other people is that we have, we feel like we have that freedom to say, okay, this didn't work. Let me explore something that's completely out of the realm of this. Whereas on social media, maybe you're thinking, oh, well, it wouldn't really serve this audience and I can't, that's too risky for me. I think in other places it, 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 it doesn't feel as quite a risk and a lot more freedom to, to try other things and see how they work. Other things that you're interested in, that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, we've had this battle with our business coach for ages. He kept saying, Amy, you've got to posture yourself differently. Like, and we didn't really understand what he meant. And it's really annoying. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like, you've just got to create this, like, you know, you, you've got to make subtle changes in your language just to be able to sell your product. Like, you know, people, the difference between certain language choices and we don't like, not like we analyze it, overanalyze it, but it's just like Amy notices when she's more assertive the more people buy her book, like, but, she, but that's not your personality. You don't want to be assertive and it's like a huge battle. It's like, do I want to sell more books or do I want to be myself? Yeah. My relationship with social media has changed massively since, you know, ha having a business and I don't want it to seem like I'm being a bitch or, you know, I'm not, but it has become, I don't know what the word is. It's like, it's a business and it's much, I think it's much easier mentally to deal with this, like to, to be on social media as someone who's trying to fuck, it just sounds so cruel and cold, but like as someone who's selling something um, mm -hmm. and as someone who has, you know, art to, to give to others, it's just, it's easier on me emotionally and mentally because it's less, here's my soul. And I do give out my soul and I do give so much of myself to my Instagram still, but it's, it's just been easier for me to reframe it as this is my business Instagram now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's just, it's a lot. It feels like a lot, I think. Um, and, and, you know, we haven't even hit on issues of like overwhelm. Like we, we were, Cal talks about this as well, that we are biologically not really set up to connect to this many people. Um, yeah. There's, I can't remember the range, but there's a number of like 150 people that the human mind can actually keep up with. And it's, it's overwhelming. And then on top of it is the information overload, uh, information, whether it's factual or not, that's, you know, that's constant and coming from all angles. And again, gets back to the focus and the distraction and, um, that's been really freeing, especially at this time, both this year and this, and this moment in time to not, to not be a part of that. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't serve me to be, you know, in the middle of it, but, um, and to have to be able to think for myself is the other thing that's that's happened a lot because I don't have that being thrown at me. Um, that's so important to me and definitely a big part of when I think about my social media use. I'm like, how am I being manipulated here? You know, and you look at, I mean, I don't know if we really want to bring up the election right now, but like if you look at what's happened in the election again, you know, huge, hugely different thought ways of thinking you know, mm -hmm. straight down the line, like just two completely different types of thinking. And I wonder, you know, you just wonder, you know, how much is social media? I mean, it is, it's massive influence in it, you know, and it just, it scares the shit out of me. 
I think for anybody that I think it is important to bring it up. It's a, it's a tough subject to talk about because it's mm -hmm. so, it's so big and complex and really heavy on a lot of us right now, all of us right mm -hmm. now. Um, but I think for anybody that does want to explore that the social media dilemma, the social dilemma does dig yeah. into how it polarizes us, how that information is spread. And then recently I watched, um, uh, you know, I know some people have mixed feelings about Joe Rogan, but I watched his episode with Tristan Harris, who is the Google whistleblower and the co-founder of the um, Center for Humane Technology. And he went into to depth that is really quite scary as to how it's impacting these things. And it's not mm -hmm. just things like, you know, quote, Russiagate, which was really just as the documentary talks about, um, utilizing the platform as it existed it not really violating any rules but taking advantage of it it's it's very very complex i think i think that's why i was nervous about this because it's such a big topic it's something that he talked about in that tristan harris talked about is that it is really quite on par with climate change when you talk about how um obviously climate change is a little bit more of a priority and affects all of us, but it does as well. And it's so complex. It's, it's so many different issues that the moment I think I've touched on that, or I've touched on mental health, that I learned a little bit more layers that I think that's why it ended up being such an easy decision for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's such a big part of me that, you know, when you say that, I, I'm like, I oh, fuck, I don't want to listen to that, you know, you know, mm -hmm. and like as someone with a business on Instagram and I'm like, how do you, and people who make their livings off social media, like how do you keep this balance and how do you stay aware and how do you make sure that you're not being manipulated? It's really difficult. And the, and the other thing that I think um, that you do a lot is kind of dis, kind of talk about a lot of these sort of bullshit things that we're taught as artists. Mm -hmm. And that was the other thing that I noticed that I realized that this is not something we, we are taught that we need this. You know, we've only had social media for 10 years and it's been pretty prevalent for the last six to seven. And, and even, even when I was about to get off, I was like, whoa, maybe I need it for this. Maybe I need it for this. And I realized after all my research and, and sometimes just calming myself by listening to other people who have said, I'm off it. And look, my sales have tripled. I've had this many more connections that I'm like, no, I don't need to buy into this yeah. anymore. So I just want to say to people who feel that, that know that it, it is not needed for anything. And I think that, um, uh, you know, in, in a situation of having created a business, that transition would be different for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the same token, I mean, if you compare our conversion rates on mailing list, to Instagram, it's crazy. It's like two different things. You know, mailing list is like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it would be 10 to 20 times the conversion of Instagram. Mm, totally. You know, and it's I just think, a much more powerful platform. Yeah. That's email. Like it doesn't, it just <laughs> seems like it should be the most basic platform, but it's by far the most powerful. Mm. I think that as we're saying, Aubrey, like these are stories and any story that says you need something is a story that desperately needs to be questioned. Um, any compulsory story needs to be questioned. And I know that I don't need Instagram for my business. And that's such a big thing to say, but I know I don't need it. And it would be a big transition to move away from it. But just even acknowledging that, you know, we don't need it is, is so important. Yeah. And I just want to honor that you guys are willing to talk about this conversation because I know how grateful you are for the, the platform that you have created and how it's serving you that, it, you know, maybe that would be considered a risky thing to have, you know, that people, mm. oh, maybe I need to get off, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and then, and then where does your support go? And I guess that's mm. where I'm interested. You were talking about the difference between um, the, the, uh, you know, your, your mailing list, but how does your mailing list can correlate to actual sales? It's good. Yeah, it's the best. It's by far the best. Like, 
it is it's engaged you know they're yeah. the my creme de la creme like my absolute fucking favorites who engage with my work who go the extra steps who are willing to you know sidestep convenience of just seeing me on their feed and, and just going that little bit deeper i'm really willing to you know read my work and and just you know just going that little bit deeper if i had to choose between you know like ten thousand instagram followers and uh 500 people on a mailing list i would choose 500 people on a mailing list every time i mean they're you know they're the the true fans mm. and we only need so many true fans to be able to connect and to, and to make a living as an artist. We only need so many few fa- true fans. And um, I think that is definitely something that we are not reminded of in social media. You know, we think we need a hundred thousand, even, you know, like 30,000 followers to, you know, to make it as an artist, but there are, you know, so many artists out there who, you know, have much fewer followers than that and who use different, different ways because they have their true fans. Mm. And they're the ones that always commit. And they're often, you know, they're the mailing list fans. And I'm sure there are heaps of social media accounts that have fewer followers than you that are making a lot more money than you as well. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not the be all end all to have a big social media following for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that leads into the, when you're talking about true fans that we think, we think we have more true fans until we put out that book, until we say, hey, subscribe, Uh, because it's so easy. That's, it's not. I, w- I don't mean to be demeaning, but that's a, it's not really support to double click something or yeah. to share it because it's so convenient. It's, mm, it's exactly it doesn't take much effort. And that was one thing that's probably one of the negatives that I noticed is that transition really there was none. There was very little as far as the people that came over. I mean, if you think about it also cynically, like, you know, your conversion rate just to pick up people to like a photo is really low. You know, they, they won't even lift a finger to double tap your photo. Mm-hmm. So if you think that all those people like are going to then go around, turn around and buy your product just from your Instagram following, it's probably not going to happen. Mm. Yeah. Which we could go into the whole issues of the like button that he just talks about and yeah. data collection and conversation. But, um, but yeah, for sure. I've noticed that it takes effort. It takes effort to, and care. Um, and, and I've kind of been okay with it, that it's not been, you know, I, I expected that, that it's, it's, um, it's, it's more convenient and, and I'm just going to rebuild that with the people that, that do want, that are willing to have that inconvenience and, and want what I have to share. Exactly. Cause they're your people and there are always more of those people out there. It's just figuring out how you connect with them. Right. And so I'm a bit worried Zoom's going to cut us off in a sec. So I just wanted to end with, um, Aubrey. Can you just maybe tell people how they might be able to join if you, you know, yeah. interact with you or interact with um, your community outside of Instagram or like where they can find you and what kind of systems you're trying to build there? Yeah. So I just launched a website called artistoflife.net um, and it's brand new. So bear with me that I only have one post out there and it's all social media related. Um, but uh, beyond that, I have links as well to either direct contact me or join my discord. But that whole space for me is is about the the artists of all kinds that want to create a life for them, um, as well as the artists in the traditional kind that that create art for others. Um, but I'm hoping to take it beyond that to to podcast and to YouTube. Oh, a podcast would be so good, and that's one of my favorite ways to consume and to connect at the moment. So delightful, and we love creating podcasts as well because it's um, I don't know, it feels real. It feels very creative, and I don't you don't get a lot of the social media bullshit along with it. Hmm. Yeah. There's less algorithm as well that does so talk nice. about in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It's yeah, organic. It's, it's still fun. As you were saying about YouTube, like, there's still fun in the podcast. Like you can play with it. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for coming We're on. We're so yeah. grateful for you, Aubrey. Thank you so much.